been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is uh, Justin over here in Los Angeles. We've got Mike over in London. What is up, my friend? Yo, yo, what's up? Not much. Well, we have, first of all, this is our 75th episode today. Fuck me. And even more exciting, what an episode that we have today. Very, very excited. Very excited. So our topic today... Top five Sum 41 songs. If you know both Mike and me, this is a band where we both come together. We love these guys. And we are absolutely, you know, beyond stoked and and honored that the one and only Cone McCaslin, Cone from Sum 41, bassist extraordinaire, is going to be joining us later in the episode to give us his top five Sum 41 songs and to chat with us for a little bit. Could not be more excited about that. Dude, same. It's it's an absolute honor that he's coming on. And I'm just so, I mean, obviously we are like lifelong fans, right? I mean, their first album came out when we were like fucking 10. And uh, it's going to be so interesting to see what he has to say. You know, I have no idea where he's going to go. What type of hit music is his favorite? Same. I'm I'm very excited. I followed a couple of his other like stuff that he's worked on over the years, which is very fun as well. Different from some 41. But like, yeah, I'm I'm so pumped to talk to him and just to get a take on what. Yeah. What his favorites are. You always wonder, I feel like with bands that you really like, like what are their favorite songs in the catalog? Because, you know, for them, it's not always going to be the most popular songs or whatever, like there might be a B side or a deep cut that for whatever reason, you know, this member of this band, they think is the best song they've ever written. And I just, I think it's so interesting to hear all that stuff. Totally. Yeah. And he's been there. I mean, almost, almost since day one, you know, I mean, he's been there on every album. Uh, and besides him, it's just Derek that's been around for that long. Right. So at, at this point, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, for the entire span of the band, because yeah. now they still pretty much to give a very slight background on Sum 41 itself, if you don't know them. One of the biggest pop punk bands, um, they came up, you know, a few years later than your your Blink-182 and your Green Day. But, uh, you know, they blew onto the scene, obviously, with fat lip exploding and that the the whole all killer no filler album which was their second album they're from canada canadian rock band we love canada on this pod we do they're from ajax ontario they were formed in 1996 originally Derek wibley of course lead vocalist he plays guitar he plays keys sometimes right now the current lineup so you've also got cone and cone's real name is jason jason cone mccaslin Reason his name's Cone or so, you know, history tells is because Derek gave him that name in high school because he would always eat a lot of ice cream cones. I love him even more. I'm a big ice cream guy. 
So, <laughs> but uh, but no, so De- it's Derek and Cone, and Cone plays bass and does some backing vocals. Then we've got Dave, who, of course, you know, Brown Sound, the one and only, plays lead guitar, also does some backing vocals, who was in the band pretty much from the very beginning as well, up until and through the Chuck album, and then rejoined the band in what year was it? I want to say 2015. Yeah, 2015, he rejoined the band after leaving in 2006. So we've got him back in the lineup. We've got Tom Thacker in there, who they call Brown Tom now. You know, he plays rhythm rhythm and lead guitar. He was there when Brown Sound wasn't in the band, and he's still in the band, which I love. I love that they just expanded it and kept him in the band because he seems awesome. And then you've got now Frank Zumo on drums, great drummer he's been there since 2015 and so frank of course took over duties from steve 32 who of course was a beloved member of the band until he left in 2013 and man it's just such a great band so it's a five piece right now we got derek we got cone we got dave tom and frank again cone and derek pretty much the only two from the true og that have been in it the whole way through uh, so we're very excited to get Cone later. And Sum 41, they've put out some incredible albums. They've got, they started out with Half Hour of Power, and that was in 2000. Then we had 2001's All Killer No Filler. We had 2002's Does This Look Infected, 2004's Chuck, 2007's Underclass Hero. 2011 Screaming Bloody Murder, 2016's 13 Voices, and their most recent 2019's Order in Decline. So, I mean, they have a hell of a discography. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think obviously they had, you know, a spike in popularity, at least in terms of, let's say, album sales, you know, earlier in the 2000s. But, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. A lot of their later albums are great. And... Uh, you know, very highly regarded by critics as well. So they're still putting out just great fucking music. Yes, they really are. And just one more thing to say about Cone before we jump into this. You know, he also has, you know, he's done this great side project, Operation MD, with one of his buddies, Todd Morse, who's played in H2O, Offspring. And they've got two full-length albums. They've got some songs they've released since then. So definitely check out Operation MD as well if you're into Cone's work. And, you know, he's also on the producing side of things the last decade or so, decade plus, been producing songs for bands. So he's definitely keeping busy up in Canada, and we are excited to talk to him about all of it when we get him on here later this set. But first, Mike and I are going to give our top five Sum 41 songs, which, my God, could not have been a more difficult task. This was tough. Yeah, I think I told you, I'll give you the real number right now. I had managed to get a top 35 uh, and it was paring it down from there. And even then, I mean, I was, you know, it's not like I just threw everything on there. There's, there's some things that I really wanted to make that top 35. So it's tough. I might've somehow done slightly better than you. Like I want to say I had a top, let's say 25, which I then pared down to a top 13, which then Pairing that down to a top five was truly, I think, the hardest thing I've ever done for the podcast. It's a top five for songs of bands you love or artists you love is very difficult. 
because with 10, you get to actually like dive in a little bit, especially when they have rich disco- discographies like a Sum 41. Maybe you'll hit a few of the hits. You'll hit a few of the deep cuts. You'll hit a couple just completely random ones that are something completely different. With this, you you really have to make some concise choices. And it, for me, at least, Mike, I don't know how you did it. And there was no rhyme or reason or rule book to it. I personally tried to pull from only one song an album, which I it was just a way for me to be able to yeah. force myself to pick, honestly. I didn't intentionally do that, but that happened. I only have one song per album. From each album that you chose from. Yeah, from each album. Obviously, yeah, there's more than five albums, but yeah. Oh, man, I, this is just hard. So I'm just going to dive in for us. Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to lead us off with an absolute and I went so back and forth on which of two gems I was going to pick from this this album or I think sometimes they refer to it as an EP I consider it an album so this is from Half Hour of Power and this is Dave's Possessed Hair slash What We're All About Ooh, okay I was a little worried because I have a Half Hour of Power in mind as well but that is not it wow well I won't say what the other one is that kept slotting in and out with that because maybe okay. it's what you have but uh Okay, so Dave's Possessed Hair, such what we're all about. I absolutely love this track. I've always loved it. I've always had this like special affinity for it. I've always been hoping I would see it live. Never have when I've seen them. But um, I just love the energy. Like It's classic old school Sum 41, pop punk, in-your-face energy from the start. You get the Dave's, Pos- Dave's Possessed Hair half of it, which is great. Just a great little pop punk, fast jam, almost like leaning into punk a little bit uh, more in and of itself. But what I love, you sort of get a double feature on this one because you, you sort of get two different songs that are melded together smart by time. a little epic guitar part in the middle. Yeah. And for me, it's like I always think when I listen to songs how great they could be live. And when I listen to this song, you get that first part, Dave's Possessed Hair. Then you're sort of getting the guitars. The riffs are building. And the way that it drops into what we're all about, which has like all of them sort of doing vocal like lines at different points. It's such a to me, it's like a anthem of this is who we are as some 41. And I get so pumped up when the vocal drops in. And I think Steve-O 32 drops the first line. It's just so fucking good. I, I literally just like jump around in my car when I listen to this while I'm driving around. Yeah. And I mean, we should definitely say, you know, on, on the music episodes that we've done, I think we've mentioned it a few times, but like I, a lot of times, you know, a band's first album or in this case, an EP is a little bit raw and you kind of appreciate that about it in a certain way, but you can tell it's not, you know, it's not the polished thing that they would end up being. And in terms of style, this is a little bit different, but Half Hour of Power is fucking great. I mean, for an opening project, it's incredible. Like, it's not a raw thing. It's not like in some way it's it's lesser because they were just starting out. It's an amazing album that still has some of my favorite songs to this day. Agreed. I, it blows my mind how good it is for a first project. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, they did re-record right and re-release a bunch of songs on All Killer No Filler. This is not one of them, I don't think, right? No. Um, no. So definitely go back and listen to this. Of course, it's only a half hour, so it's just a wonderful uh, time. It's so wonderful. It's a half hour of power. Yeah. 
And some really interesting stuff you mentioned there. I mean, there's a, well, I won't even say it here, but there's another song that I would just consider like straight punk and just an amazing modern punk song as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk about Okay. Nervous, man. This was tough. Like we said, this was very tough. <laughs> and my number five is something that's, let's just say it's been recently added to my mental list of favorite Sum 41 songs. And that's because it's a recent song. And after much debate, taking the number five spot off the Order in Decline album, technically a bonus track, this is Heads Will Roll acoustic version. Oh my gosh, this is, I I love Mike so much because I love that we even can do a music episode and he can just pick, like, I love the deep cuts. Mike has gone to the B-Sides album (laughs) of Order and Decline to pick his number five. I'm all about it. Talk to us. So, so Heads Will Roll, the one that's on the regular album, I think it's track five on the regular album, is, it's good, but. It, it doesn't impact me anywhere close to the same way the acoustic is, which is just like, I don't know. It's it's something very different, I think. I can't exactly think of any other Sum 41 song that's like it. It has this alt, like almost folk type of like darker, heavy, like kind of like marching, like intensity to it. And it just, it really gets me. And I think it's, you know, we'll talk about this more, which is maybe a sneak preview of some of the things to come. But I think... Well, let's just say off the top, Derek is an incredible songwriter. I mean, that's just a fact. And it's a fact. he has, whether intentionally or not, I'm sure there's some thought that he's put into it. He's written some songs, you know, in the last decade that just wouldn't have played the same um, if he had tried to do them, let's say, a decade earlier. And this is one of them where I just think the way that his voice has kind of changed a little bit, it just brings this incredible uh, intensity to the song and and i just I, I can't get enough of it man i absolutely love this track dude it, it, it the way you described it was actually perfect and beautiful because it is different i think than any other song the acoustic version than yeah. any other song that they've maybe ever done and even you know there's quite a few you know acoustic sort of bonuses um that they've released at, at other albums as well um and a lot of them are good but a lot of them are similar and they are generally i'm trying to think on the fly here but i think for the most part they're generally kind of softer songs where it makes sense to do an acoustic cover and this one Mm -hmm. is like so intense so it's interesting for them to choose to do this acoustic and it created this this beautiful version that that i definitely prefer over the original i love that pick also just we get a classic mic pick off the bat (laughs) but it's a recent thing it's not an old cut off the bat wow I love it. I love it. It is recent. It is very recent, but it's on the B-side version of the album. I love that it. is true. That is true. You got to get all the all the songs. Come on now. I'm actually like, uh, I got to say, I'm I'm kind of sad because, and I hope that this comes across, especially when we talk about some honorables, but like, I actually, I love, I know that again, we said they had probably the biggest boom in popularity around the time of like all killer, no filler does this look infected for, you know, those earlier sort of like early to mid two thousands records, but they still are very popular throughout the world. And like the album's still getting a ton of play, but like the recent albums are really fucking good. And you may not fully get 
that from my top five, but I hope when we open it up to the honorables, you'll real, realize how many great tracks are on those albums. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I'm very happy that you just had that in there at number five. Okay. Well, I'm going to roll it right into number four, which similar to my number five, something that I love about it is that it kind of has, well, different in that it's not almost like you're like bridging two songs, but there's many parts to this song. And it's a song that Mike and I have talked about together over the years. And it just could not be not be on my list. And that is off 2004's Chuck 88. Ooh, yes. Okay. So this is the closing track on the Chuck album, which, you know, if you go through their career chronologically, listen to the albums, I'd say this is the first album that really leans into some of their metal influences and where they try at some points to go. They just actually try a lot on this album. They do they do a couple tracks that are a little bit more like alternative rock leaning. They do a couple tracks that are more metal leaning. Just in general, there's more of a hard rock tinge to this album than any of the ones prior. And I think after Underclass Hero, which comes after this, they then sort of go deeper down this Chuck road than they ever have before on all the albums to follow. And I feel like 88 is a really good, not only an amazing album closer, something that I think some 41 is really good at. I think they open and close albums really strong. Yes. 88, you know, is one of, if not my very favorite of all those. And it's just, man, like the way that this song starts it's such an intense opening and it, it, it just locks you in from the start. But then it it has this incredible ability, this song, to take you from like absolute intensity to just like dial up back and sort of, so, you know, slow singing. But then we jump right back into it. It gets crazy. There's obviously like an incredible guitar solo in there. And just the way that it ends up towards the end Again, you go through many different phases throughout this song. It's not your traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Like there's 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 more to this song. And I, I love when a song gets a little bit creative, goes all over the place. And this song does that. And I think some 41 has done that on a, on a good handful of songs. But again, up to this point in the career, I thought it was one of their most creative. And I feel like that's reflected a lot in when you sort of talk to fellow some 41 fans this song comes up a lot and i think there's a reason for that it's definitely like a fan favorite despite not being a single or like a super popular song and it's it's deserved that place in in some 41 lore in my opinion yeah that's that's a great choice i'd, I'd have to think about the album closers but it's another great one and i mean all of their albums are are deep, which is one thing you get from listening to them sort of cover to cover, which I would definitely recommend. And they're arranged really, really well, besides just sort of the openers and the closers. That said, neither of your first choices is in my top 35, and now I even hate myself more. Oh my god! I'm so mad at you! It's so hard! It's, <laughs> it's so, so hard. So hard, but a great choice. Like you said, it's an absolute fan favorite, great track, and... Yeah, I was going to say something else, but I should not. I don't want to give anything else away. Okay, amazing. Okay, well, my number five comes from the most recent album, and my number four comes the, from the first album, oh. The Power of Power. 
also re-released on All Killer No Filler um, the next year, 2001. And this is Summer. Oh, what a great song. Still an absolute banger. I mean, I just, and I don't know, Town, you tell me as as a as an ultra fan, maybe a stan, if I can call you that. To me, this, <laughs> this song is very Blink. I hear Blink-182 when I put this song on. Yes. Not, and I don't want to say, you know, I'm not trying to say anyone's emulating anyone, but it just, it has that type of pop punk feel. And it's, it really takes me back, you know, to the, that, to, to the 2000s, you know? And, and I just, the song, the, the lyrics, I, I don't know, like that they're, they're maybe not what you expect by the, say, the name of the song, but even so, something about it just makes me feel like it is summer. And I just like, it's a kind of feel good, carefree kind of thing, windows down been bumping this jam for for 20 years now and i it's absolutely still one of their best and it's insane um that it was 20 years ago i mean they couldn't have been uh, they couldn't have been more than their early 20s when this song came out right no i mean dude first of all cone who we're gonna have on later started playing bass in bands when he was 14 he joined some 41 i believe when he was eight 17 or 18 years old, he joined Sum 41. So, I mean, when they recorded this song, he was probably 18, maybe 19. Insane. And they all were right around that. Again, him and Derek went to high school together. These guys were all late teenagers when they recorded Half Hour of Power. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. So Cone was 19 when this album came out. When it actually came out. That is insane. And also, Summer is the only track that was officially put on the all killer, no filler album. That's also on half hour of power. I believe they re-recorded one or two others, but it, they weren't actually on the all killer, no filler album. What a track. I love what you said about the blink comparison, because I actually have to say my two favorite pop punk bands ever are blink and some 41. I actually think they're very, they have very much their own identities, but if completely maybe, one and and I can say this about one or two Blink songs, maybe sounding some forty one, which I'd have to think more, but I know there's one or two. But there's probably two, one or two some forty one songs that I get just a bit of a Blink vibe, and this is one of them. Uh, yeah, exactly, and and really, and again, I think there's just straight punk songs in this album as well. Um, and then I think they, you know, start to define their style, which does change. But I think you know, even just next year, all killer no filler they really start to come into their own. And I don't know if they ever sound like Blink again. No, I don't think they do. And yeah, you're right. Summer is the only one on All Killer No Filler. The various sort of, there's a UK bonus of Makes No Difference than the anniversary edition that came out, they republished something. So anyway, but the original album, you're absolutely right. It's just Summer that takes off half hour. What a fucking track. I, I'm just sitting here literally thinking about it. I'm like, I, I need to actually... I need to move on with the pod, but I'm just sitting here I want to put playing right summer now. in my head. Same. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, amazing number four. Number three, I'm taking us to the Does This Look Infected album. A lot of bangers. lot of bangers. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this after we finish our top five, but arguably my favorite Sum 41 album. And... Trust me, that is a that is a very hard decision to make. But I, I have a, a massive love for this album. And, you know, there's so many songs that I wanted to pick for this one. And I, I brought it down to a couple choices. And I, you know what? I had to go with my heart 
one of my favorite Sum 41 songs of all time and also one of their most popular, Still Waiting. It's a great choice. It's an absolute great choice. Yeah, this song, I mean, it was the first introduction we got to Does This Look Infected. Obviously, they're coming off the heels of this explosion of an album. You know, you had All Killer No Filler. You had just an incredibly popular trio of singles between Fat Lip, Into Deep, Motivation. You're going to introduce the world to your next project. And you just get to start it. So am I still waiting? It's like right into it. Fucking it's a little it's a little bit harder than the other stuff we've listened to. Again, this album is a great segue in between All Killer and Chuck. It totally got the pop punk vibes, but they also have some like harder, edgier tracks on this album. And Still Waiting, I think, is a perfect middle ground of giving us what where that's headed. And just for some reason, like I mean, this so this album, I'd say when it first came out, didn't quite have the success that All Killer had. But I think for a lot of hardcore Sum 41 fans where I, I, you know, I think there's different favorite albums. I think there's a few that sort of get thrown around a lot. But I do think for a long time, this was very much the favorite by like big Sum 41 fans. This album it just like sort of perfected, I think, everything you love about Sum 41. Every song was so catchy, so good, and really rocked. Like, th- this is where they really brought in, like, I mean, they did it on Half Hour of Power and All Killer, but you really have some crazy guitar parts on this album, some great bass lines, like, the drumming's awesome. Everything just hits. And so... Still waiting to me. I've always thought, even though I wouldn't call it underrated because, I mean, it's one of their biggest songs. How's it underrated? I still feel like when there's a couple giants in some 41's, you know, singles game, Still Waiting is right there for me. And I think it packs a massive punch. It's one of my favorite songs live. It just kills it. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm looking forward to talking more about this album, and because it's it's very deep, lots of big ones. Still waiting, of course. Uh, I think it was the first single off the album, right? And it, was. it is, like you said. I mean, it's it's all about the opening. Like it's literally as soon as the track starts, and once you've heard, you know, once you know the song, it takes like less than half a second for you to get pumped up. You know, you know it from the very first line. You're like, oh yes, and it just, I mean, still gets you pumped today. It really does. And it's got, you know, it's got that intro line and then it just, you know, dives yeah. right into it. Yeah. Yeah. To believe in. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Just incredible. And yeah, I mean, another, like you said, great album. And it's, man, it's crazy that they had that that three year run. I mean, not, not to say that I don't, obviously we've already talked about one of the old, later albums, but, you know, year after year, Half Hour Power, All Killer, No Filler does look infected. Just insane. How do you do that? With just just certified bangers all the way throughout and huge singles, you know? I mean, they were really, in my opinion, dominating the pop punk scene at that time. Dominating. Absolutely insane. I don't have Still Waiting on my list. Of course, it's in my top 35, like every other song, except for what you picked. But um, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, they have like maybe six or seven just colossal songs. uh, And this is one of those for sure. Okay. Number three. I already wish we had so many more picks. I feel like I, I hate that we're already on the It's hurting me inside, Mike. <laughs> okay. Number three, I am going to another album we have not talked about yet. 
and that is 2011 Screaming Bloody Murder. Uh, not you know, not a single off that album or anything like that. Bit of a deeper cut again. This is track ten called Crash. Brother, wow. Okay, I just want to say, Crash is in that top thirteen of mine that I was trying to pull from from the top yes, five, yes, and it yes, just so missed good. the cut. But it's so good, dude. Crash is, man. I mean, first of all, an incredibly emotional song. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. And it's it's you know it's about somebody dying right and it's uh, and it's another one of those songs that I you know it doesn't you know lyrically I don't think it works if it comes out ten years earlier it's so so different from the stuff that like even like still waiting like we're just talking about but man I think this is maybe the most say vocally interesting song for me um, Derek's voice in it is just like. You know, it has this this sort of weathered quality, this strain mm-hmm. to it. You know, you can feel kind of the pain in it. And like, it's almost, I don't know if this is true. I'm just saying this is what it sounds like. It's almost like the end of a recording session where he's got like nothing left, you know? And then you can mm-hmm. just feel throughout the song and it brings so much weight and emotion to it. It's And there's a couple other songs that some 41 has like this. They do go emotional, certainly. But I don't know if you can ever feel it quite as much um as the way he's singing it here on crash i couldn't be more with you i hadn't i have to be honest before we sort of you know went through all the albums listing i i i don't want to say i'd forgotten about this track but it was it was not on my mind when i started listening to the screaming bloody screaming bloody murder album and when i got to it i was i was entranced i literally listened to this song probably like five or six times over the past week at least and dude, you couldn't have said it better. Like his voice, I think, sort of goes places that it doesn't necessarily go on any other Sum 41 songs. Yeah. And also for those emotional songs, which, you know, they do, like you said, they have a handful, you know, maybe de- depending on the album, maybe one or two an album. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. But this there's, there's I won't say the other one that I feel this way about yet, just in case it's on your list later. But there's two songs that get really emotional in this sense that I really, really connect with. Even maybe three, but like this one, I think might take the cake for me. The way he like belts it out and like what you said too, like end of a recording session, you hear sort of that weathered sound on his yeah. voice. He's just, oh, it's so good. I'm, I'm so happy you have it because this was one of the ones that hurt me the most to leave off my list. Yeah, dude, and I'm I'm almost exactly the same as you. I mean, obviously, I did a complete listen through of everything, and then I kind of created like, you know, various playlists as I was whittling down the number of songs. And mm-hmm. you know, every time this one would come on, it would just like it's like a stop in your tracks sort of thing. You know, like yes, you, you can't continue with what you're doing. You just listen to the song, total swoovies, and it's 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 a. I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's it's incredible. It is. This one is a. Really got to applaud Derek on the songwriting on this one. 100%. Um, and yeah, I, you know, you're making me sad. It's not in my top five. The regret is real, man. The list is so hard. It, it's so real. Well, and because it's like the way you just described it, the stop in your tracks. You're right. It's like of all the songs I'm at a list, maybe just because it surprised me maybe the most. There's other songs I know already that I liked a lot. But yeah, yeah, it was so good. Such a good track. What a pick. What a pick. Okay, does this mean we're at number two? 
Shit, you went first. <laughs> yeah, you did. I think maybe I did, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Number two. I love this song so much. I cannot even tell you. I'm just going to get right into it. It is it is from 2007's Underclass Hero. Okay. And this is Walking Disaster. Ooh, man. Dude, it's another one not in my top 35. You... It's insane so person no, it's so good it's so good i'm not saying it's because it's bad it's so good oh dude okay so i have like this very special bond with this song for whatever reason which is interesting because like what derek is kind of talking about in the song i i can't necessarily personally relate to but it but i feel like there is a lot of like emotion tied behind it and i mean i can relate to parts of it but point being Man, the first time I ever heard this song, I will never forget because, you know, they, okay, we'd had the insane, insane run of half hour power, all killer, no filler, does this look infected, you know, then we had a couple years we did Chuck, but then it was three years and they decide to go back towards the pop punk sound a little bit more on this one. But I just will never forget listening to this album for the first time. You start with Underclass Hero, great, great track. Drops into Walking Disaster, number two. And again, I think it's a, it's genius, just songwriting, song composition as a whole. The way that he's able to blend, you know, the whole band is able to blend the instrumentals with sort of a change in vocals where he goes from sort of a light, like, regular pace singing tone into these, like, crashing choruses I was lucky enough to actually, unfortunately, after Derek had, you know, his sort of collapse uh, due to his like alcohol addiction and was recovering and whatnot, he did a couple shows in L.A. right down the street from me um, at this really, really tiny uh, club that you know, he had a couple of his friends. Frank Zumo was there on drums, but the rest, you know, all the Sum 41 guys. Dave and Cohen live up in, in Canada, I believe. I know Cohen does, but um, I don't know where Tom Tom lives. But bottom line, Derek and Frank went to play. They brought a couple of their friends that are in other big bands to play bass and guitar. And it was sort of Derek trying to get his live skills back after everything. And I'll never forget going to the show. The whole concert rocked, but Walking Disaster, I swear there was just... I could feel the emotion in his voice. Damn, man. Even the lyrics, which I know were not written, obviously, in regards to that moment. But, well, now I've been gone for so long. There was so much, like, emotion. I'll never forget it. And it, like, solidified it almost as maybe, like, I consider this for my number one. I just think it hits on every level. I love the way they put this song together and the peaks and valleys it brings you through. And I think the the chorus is absolutely dynamite. I love that there's like a pre-chorus into a chorus. It's almost like you get two choruses to a, to an extent. But yeah, I'm, I'm just a big fan of this one. And every time I've ever seen it live since that time, it just goes off. Wow, man, that's, that's super cool. So that was what, 2014, 2015? Yes, I believe it was 2014 when this happened. Damn. That's, Latest that's cool. it would have been was was like sometime in the earlier half of 2015. But it was, yeah, 2014, 2015 is when this happened. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, again, another another great song. It fits perfectly with the album. Um, it's one that you can rock out to, but there's there's a lot there in the lyrics as well, you know. And I mm-hmm. think that's like you're saying. That's why on a different time and a different day, it could mean mean a lot. A f- fun video. It's again, it's it's and the start of this album is is so so great, you know, with this being the, the second song. But it's it's just so many fucking good songs. What can I say? Not on my list, but it easily could be, you know. Not even, oh, dude, there's so many good songs. This is all that this is telling us. We're going to have a very extended honorables. That's for sure. We are. We are. <sighs> okay. Number two. All right. Um, I am going back to Does This Look Infected? Well, my first song of Does It Look Infected, you've been there, I should say. Um, finally, something that was a single. First one, I think, and spoiler, only one on my list. And I have to say, man, for me, it's all about the hell song. There he is. There he is. I knew it was coming. It's, you know, I think at different times in my life, like of say, like, you know, the songs that we've talked about that are like Titanic. At times it's been fat lip. At times it's been in too deep. But the truth is the song, like from the time it came out until today, the one that stuck with me the longest and just gets me absolutely the most hyped from you know that very first lick to just the explosion into the chorus it's the hell song mm-hmm. man i mean it's just fucking great and uh it's another one you know it's it's i think this is well well publicized you know that it's about uh one of derek's friends or one of the band's friends i guess i'm not really sure about uh contracting hiv you know and for me it's like a very like seize the day live for the moment type of song mm-hmm. and, and something about that aspect of the lyrics um, along with just like how explosive the song is, it just gets me unbelievably hyped. You know, anytime it comes on, just go crazy. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. What a great album opener, too. It's so good. I've seen them open their live show with this quite a few times, and it's, I mean, one of the best ways you could open a concert. Also, the music video. Can we just say how great the music video is? It's just, I mean, it's it's definitely one of their best. One of their most hilarious ever with all the different, uh, I guess, dolls, you know? And like action, like yeah, toy action, action figures, figures that yeah, they're yeah. just throwing everywhere. It's like it reminded me of like um, I can't like my parents like video camera growing up. Remember those yes. things like just yeah, like so recording fun. funny movies. So, yeah, the hell song is so good. Also in American Wedding. So there's that. There's that. And how can you not love that? I mean, we always follow the music in the American Pie series. So. And they like to include some 41 as well as our other faves, Blink-182, quite that a bit. A fact. That is a fact. Man, you know what I also, not to like jump back to mine, I just wanted to say about Walking Disaster, something I totally forgot to say, which is I know you had touched on there's some deep lyricism, but it is. It's like Derek's talking sort of about the broken home he had growing up and, you know, the impact that left on him and, the, you know, leaves us with some hope at the end of the song. So it's it's just... I do love how that song melds some deeper lyrics with some pop punk, just classicness. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, dude, hell song gotta be in at worst. their 10 most popular songs, probably top five yeah. for yep. like impactful worldwide songs. Yeah, just I would definitely amazing. say so for sure. Great pick. I know David Kramer will be pumped up about that one. Shout out to Party Dave. We are at number one. Fuck. There's only two songs left on our list. 
thought about this a lot. I know a lot of people might say, oh, it's obvious, you know, it's got to be one of these songs. But, you know, it really was difficult thinking about what song to put at number one. And the more and more I let it simmer with me the last couple of weeks, and the more Sum 41 I listened to over and over and over again, to me, it was just very clear that there there really was only one song that I could pick. And, it, and it's, you know, for a guy that, likes to go deep on bands and where deep cuts tend to be more my favorites than the hits. Although I always love the hits. It had to be fat lip. Wow. Wow. <laughs> all right. Okay. Number one, fat lip, all killer, no filler. If we want to throw in a little deep cut live, they always used to end the show with this, obviously followed by Pain for Pleasure as it's done in the music video. So shout out to Pain for Pleasure here. But man, there ain't nothing like that opening riff. <laughs> I, it's great. I mean, to this day, if that opening riff comes on in a room, that room is going to go apeshit. And it doesn't matter where you are. If I'm at a bar and this riff comes on, there is gonna I'm gonna look around and there's gonna be at least a good handful of people sort of like, you know, rocking their head down back yeah. and forth when this yeah. hits. It's undeniable. It's so catchy. There's a reason that it's technically their biggest single. There's just nothing like those sort of the interplayed lyrics between Derek and Steve-O and it's just as fun as it gets, man. When I think of all the reasons I fell in love with music that I love pop punk music, which is, you know, always for me stood the test of time and been very consistent in, in one of my favorite genres of music. If there's only a few songs I can think of to give me that reasoning, Fat Lip is one of them. And it has to, for mere impact alone, the memories I've had, not only at their concerts, but with yeah. friends over the years, it's got to be number one. I think Fat Lip is definitely the number one. Like, you have to put one Sum 41 song on that's just going to light up the entire party. It's Fat Lip. There's no question. Everybody loves it, and it's impossible to listen to it and not rock out in some way, shape, or form. The other thing I'll say about Fat Lip, dude, is how how many times oh did God, we play? I know what you're gonna say. Dude, Guitar Hero, freshman year of college, Fat Lip, <laughs> one of the best Guitar Hero songs. Oh my God! So many times. Like also, like when this first came out, the song. Do you remember and? Oh my God, we have to tell this. We're, we'll tell them. Remind me to tell the story of us going to see some 41 after we finish our lists in a couple yeah, minutes. But um, I'll never forget when Valid came out. It always would be like, we were pretty young and everyone would talk about the abortion line. Oh, uh, oh my God. Detective yeah, said, my so mom true. should have had an abortion, abortion. And like, yeah, so I remember true. I was like, Mom, what does that mean or something? Oh and God, she was just hilarious. like, She was like, What? That's what they say in that song? She was like, these fucking kids. But <laughs> yeah, just always, always a, a big hit with the moms, that line. But it uh, just such an epic song, man. Like, it'll let's put it this way. This song is going to be played at my wedding. Like, it's it's legendary. 
Wait, is that is that official? Are you? That's are a, you? I'm I'm stating this right now. This oh song will be played at my wedding. <laughs> the man's going in. He's letting us know. I'm going in the pre-wedding playlist. We're getting it. I love it. I love it. Oh, and yeah, and I'll. I I mean, once you give your number one, I'm going to wait. But obviously, there, there's another big song I'd like to talk about once we've finished our our top five. So, anyways, okay. so Fat Lip Numero Uno. Over to you, my friend. All right. I mean, absolutely nothing wrong with that as a number one. I am going for my number one to Underclass Hero, an album where I feel like Derek really kind of bears his soul, you know? And if there was anything that I was holding back on when I was talking about my number three crash, it was because I was talking about track, track 12 on Underclass Hero, which is Best of Me. What a great fucking song. I mean, talk about emotional, man. This one, an absolute tearjerker. I would say I cry 80% of the times I listen to the song. Wow. And it's just so, you know, I mean, it's just that, you know, it's about that place where things are fucked up with the person that you love, you know, and just trying to get that back. And, you know, obviously, I'm not breaking any news here. You know, Derek is, 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 you know, he had the a very, let's say, public marriage to Avril Lavigne. They get a divorce. And and it's hard to listen to this song and not think about that. And it's just, fuck, man. It's so sad. It just gets me, it just gets me every time, man. And if you've ever, you know, obviously you and I and, and most people on earth have been in this type of place, you know, where you're just feeling awful about this like breakup or, or fight or whatever it is and he captures it perfectly in this song you know i'm gonna, you're gonna die laughing i actually thought you were about to say a different song wow okay but no 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 but i'm gonna bring this back i absolutely love this song i just didn't think it's where you were leading based on sort of things you had said earlier oh, okay, okay, okay. and i was gonna go nuts because there's a song on underclass that I am obsessed with that I feel like nobody really gives like the proper credit to. And I thought you also were going to say that song. And so I was Ooh, freaking out. Well, I can't wait to find out what that is. Well, I'll just tell you right now because okay. we're done with the top five. It's the following track. So long. Goodbye. The, the closing track. Mm, of the album, Yeah. Yeah. Which I find to be an underrated gem, very different within the sum 41 discography, but a very cathartic song for me. It, it helped me through some things back in the day. So, yeah, wow. but oh my God, dude, best of me. So emotional. Oh man. It's, it gets me every time. I mean, all, seriously, it's just one of those songs. It just absolutely gets me. Absolutely incredible. <sighs> I just, I can't believe we've, we've made it through the list. And all right, so let's, let's do a quick recap and then just go through uh, our incredibly long list of honorables. Yes. Okay. So for me, number five, Dave's Possessed Hair slash What We're All About. Number four, 88. Number three, Still Waiting. Number two, Walking Disaster. And number one, Fat Lip. All right. Number five, Heads Will Roll Acoustic. Number four, Summer. Number three, Crash. Number two, The Hell Song. And number one, Best of Me. Incredible. Okay. Honorable time. You mind if I lead us off with a couple? No, not at all. All right. So I just want to immediately dive in. Again, as you heard me say, I I wouldn't call it super intentionally, but I tried 
to pick a song from different albums. One song that I have almost as many memories and almost as many just incredible feelings about his fat lip is obviously in too deep the other most popular single and i just have to give it the props immediately it deserves because it is insanely epic one of if not my favorite music video of all time fantastic sort of the first song by them where you realized the guitar solo was a thing within this band and like brown sounds a master on the guitar and again always hits live Definitely have karaoke this many a many a time. And I just want to make sure that it gets its due. Absolutely deserving of being right near the top. And then another song I really want to quickly throw out, because I know at the beginning I said there was another song I kept thinking about for throwing in at number five from Half Hour of Power. And for me, that's what I believe. Ooh. Big fan. I feel like it's the the first I don't want to say that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's off the first, you know, the first album, but like of every song in their entire discography that truly gives me like those brings me truly back to being a teenager and being young brings super nostalgia to me and makes me think about those times. The riff on this song every single time I probably listen to this song 20 to 30 times this week Every time I get like that heart, like that pang in my heart of like that nostalgia feel. I just love Derek's vocals on this. I love everyone in this song on their instruments. And there's something special about this one for me. The only reason I honestly chose Days Possess Hair, what we're all about instead, is I feel like it's so strong through the whole song. And obviously I said, you sort of get that like juxtaposition, two songs melded by some awesome guitar in the middle. But like what I believe, I think the first, if it's, I want to say it's like two and a half, three minutes long. I want to say the first like minute 45 two is like a perfect song. And then I like the end portion of it, but I feel like it doesn't hit me on the same level as the first minute and a half to two minutes. And therefore Dave's possessed got the edge for me. Okay, well, I'm gonna follow your lead because one that I will call out is the track just before what I believe, uh, and that is Machine Gun. Oh, I love it so much! Wow, what a fucking fun song! That song just so could it tight. be more fun? It can't, and you know it's it's not the opening track, but the opening track is an instrumental, so it kind of is, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, the way it flows into what I believe, like you said, the beginning of what I believe is such is so incredible. And then really, I mean, just, yeah, again, we get like, there is something in between, but then it's really make no difference in summer right after that. It's just fucking incredible. Dude, absolutely incredible. Dude, and I was just going to say also another one, you know, another great turnaround that you had just talked about, All Killer No Filler. So into deep again, it's it's an absolute banger, one of the all time singles, no doubt about it. On that album, that goes right into summer, and that goes right into another one that I'm going to talk about, which is handle this. Love, very very close to my top five. Handle this. It it was it made it to like my top seven or eight, and it killed me to leave it off. It's it's one of those that I. <sighs> You know, I, I don't think it was officially released as a single in the U.S. at least, and it—I don't know. For me, it, it's got as much play as any of the singles over the course of my life for sure. Dude, 
handle this is so that that honestly entire it really is all killer no filler there is no filler um but like that song hits because i think in their career up to that point that second album that's the first song you get that has a tinge of sort of that going to that really emotional side yes totally yeah and derek just again he kills that one yeah I actually, I got to give, so I got to give another off the all killer album, which this maybe more than any other song killed me to leave off my top five, because this is how impactful this song is to me. And it's not like one of the big hits off it either is rhythms. Ooh, nice. I love rhythms. I feel like it's pretty much a perfect pop punk song between the lyrics, which I think are great. The instrumentals, which I think are literally could not be more perfect. It's just so much. It's so much fun. I feel like it's a relatable song. Also, they used they had it back in the day. I don't want to get this wrong. I want to say it was in um, it was in a jet ski game. And I always remember this game because of it. It it was um, I think it was Splashdown. Damn right. It was Splashdown. Wow. Okay. Um, on PlayStation 2, came out in 2001, same year, of course, as the album. I always I always think about that. But, uh, but man, Rhythms is so good. And I feel like on an album that has a lot of big songs, yeah. like you've got, obviously, Fat Lip and In Too Deep. You've got Motivation. Even like Summer and Handle This had like, I think a little bit of, yeah, like a little bit of airplay. And like, yeah, 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 for sure. Rhythms is so dope. I love Rhythms. And then another track I want to call out, I I want to give, I feel like I don't have any of like the super emotional songs that I've spoken about yet. Besides, of course, I said Crash is also on this list, but I got to drop Pieces. Yeah. Pieces of off of Chuck is probably the only song for me that really hits truly as hard as Crash does. You hear it in Derek's voice. Just like, I think for me, Pieces was the very first some 41 song that truly went there that went to that next level of we are writing a slow emotional song and there's there's hints of it up until this point but this one really grasps it and runs with it and i think it's like a masterpiece of a song and i think the band wisely you know took other stabs in much different ways at doing slower emotional songs over, you know, up to this point in their career since then, I still think that along, along with crash, I think have been the most impactful for me. Yeah. Pieces was a very late cut for me as well, along with some say, you know, another, which is also on that album. Yes. I'm sorry that I've disregarded that. No, but they're both good. Both also have great acoustic versions to again, very, emotional songs late cuts for me and i was gonna say just sort of while we're here on chuck open your eyes very close to making my list as well brother that's on mine too my top 13 love such a great deep cut so so good so so good jesus man i mean while we're here i should say like just in terms of emotional songs with me i thought about going for instead of best of me I love with me. Very close cut. And also just me songs, dude. Look at me. The hidden track. Yes. Also very good. 
uh, now we're on underclass hero for what it's worth. But yeah, and and you know, one that I think <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how many times I listened through like the entire catalog in the last say like two weeks. Mm-hmm. But one that is kind of a showstopper in this in like in the same sense that I said crashes, but in a completely different direction. Just so fun, Mapu Bell. Oh my god! I just so good on Underclass Hero. The most fun, like jaunty little jam that I've had. And so so different. Yes, yes. I just love it. Such a good one. I'd say. So my last ones from like that sort of top thirteen that I pared it down to would be, and this is a song that I think is super underappreciated. Off does this look infected? I think it's so so good. It's hard hitting and very catchy for being so hard hitting. Hyper insomnia perichondrioid. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Love that song. Also, I want to shout out the title track on Screaming Bloody Murder. Screaming Bloody Murder. Amazing mm. track. Big Can on I, those. Yeah, go go. You I was gonna go. say I'll throw out some other maybe Screaming Bloody Murder ones. Yes. Reason to believe I think is great, and that's another one that comes with an acoustic cut. Uh, yep. At least not as a bonus track. And dude, Blood in My Eyes and Jessica Kill. Love both of those songs. Extremely underrated gym songs. Fantastic to work Ooh. out. Okay. Dude, I actually I love this album. Um I love I love Back Where I Belong and Exit Song. I think they're the two last tracks they of the are. album. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Love, love those tracks. I really love Baby You Don't Want to Know, too. I think that's a different song for them. For sure, yeah. You know what I have to, before I forget, I have to just give very quick shouts. I don't really need to explain them, but off the earlier albums, I got to shout Nothing on My Back and Heart Attack, which were both nice. tracks I, I love off All Killer from back in the day. Heart Attack, such a great intro. Love No Brains and Thanks for Nothing. Off Does This Look Infected. Gotta Drop No Reason and Angels with Dirty Faces off of Chuck. Um, I want to throw out a shout for Underclass Hero, the title track on that. You know, just a fun song, just a fun song. And then I want to drop off 13 Voices. I love Goddamn I'm Dead Again. What an epic solo in there. Just epic guitar parts in general. I love Fake My Own Death. And you know what I'm a massive fan of, Mike? Breaking the Chain. Dude, I'm a big Breaking the Chain fan, too. Again, another one that's acoustic. Uh, and I like it's the great ones acoustic that, as well. Yeah, I like the ones that you said. And just adding on, again, it's only a 10-song album. I feel like we're going to end up calling all of them out. War, <laughs> I think, is super fun. Yes. Uh, also plays interesting acoustic. And the, t- and the opening track, A Murder of Crows. Murder of Crows is great. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cap off my honorable mention which has been of course ridiculous we we just can't stop with off the most recent order and decline never there it's dude never there i love that that was one of mine and the other one i yes. wanted to shout out off that album uh is catching fire the, the closing track oh yes great track yeah those are probably my two favorite tracks off that one i think you know if if anything comes comes clear from this episode it should be we love some 41 and they have absolute amazing songs on every single one of their albums. They really do. Check them all out. Now, Mike, before we jump in with Cohen, we're just going to have him in just a few minutes. Come on here with us. We're very excited. If you had to pick gun to your head, favorite some 41 album. Dude. So, so gun to my head, I have to say, I, 
and and this was one that i mean it wasn't received quite as well critically so mm-hmm. i guess this is this is a hot take but as time has passed i think my favorite and the best some 41 album is underclass hero wow can i tell you something yeah go ahead i'm not going to pick it but i think as i've aged i also gravitate to that one possibly the most and it's it's also one of my favorites i'm i'm with you i think when it came out even i don't think i was as hot on it as i am now i think it's aged very well dude and i think you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna say so pull the curtain and confusion and frustrated in modern times those are my least favorite two songs not that i don't like them but i think they're the the my least favorite pull the curtains one of my favorites how dare you and i think the other 12 are absolute bangers i think they're all fucking great and i just think it plays very well as an album and i don't know if there's not a weak song on there uh i don't know fight me i think it's great i love that pick i have been going dude i have been going back and forth and back and forth on albums this week trying to yeah. think about this myself because forever i would have said does this look infected and i think i'm gonna stick with it but like Man, when you listen through to these albums, it is very difficult. It pains me, honestly. It really pains me. And and they're all different. They all have greatness that they bring to the table. And does this look infected? We didn't even talk about over my head, no brains, thanks for nothing. Well, I dropped very quickly. I didn't really expand on them. No brains and thanks for nothing in my honorables. But does this look infected? I mean, you literally, it doesn't stop. You open with hell song. Then it perfectly and seamlessly goes from over my head, better off dead into my direction, my direction, which that that jump from number two to three, it's one of those perfect transitions in song history on albums like it's amazing. Then you go into still waiting. Yeah, incredible. Then you have A and I C, which is just such a great little like interlude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True punk jam. And then you have No Brains. All messed up. Mr. Amsterdam, which goes fucking hard and has some great guitar shit. Thanks for nothing, which brings us back Steve O32 on some vocals, mixing in with Derek, bringing us back a little bit of fat lip vibes. Then we got one of my personal favorites that I dropped, Hyper Insomnia Parachondrioid. And then we've got Billy Spleen and Hooch. It's just, Dude, fuck. I know. And I'll tell you what else I like. Tell if me. We're going, going deep and into the bonus tracks. Rain and Pain. Oh, I love it. I bro. Love it. I mean, yeah. I just loved everything about that album. I loved, like, the marketing for it, too, with, you know, sort of the, like, I love the album cover with Steve O32's fucking head and sort of the zombie-ish. And yeah. I loved everything about that album. Cannot fault that pick. I mean, they're all great. They're just, they're the best. We love these guys. And you know what? We're absolutely honored. We're going to bring him on. He's going to give us his top five. And we'll probably ask him a few other questions as well. It's time to bring Conan. Let's get him on, Mike. Let's do it. All right, guys. So as promised, we're honored to bring the one and only Cone onto the podcast. Hey, man, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing great, man. Doing great. We hear it's snowing over near you in Toronto right now. Yeah, we're having a good old Canadian snowstorm. And uh, 
just psyching myself up to go shovel again. <laughs> yeah, Justin, Justin being in LA, me being in London, combined, we haven't shoveled snow in what, like 16 years between the two of us? It's been a very long time. <laughs> I have to drive to the snow. It's a luxury. Yeah, I mean, last week we had two and a half feet of snow, and I was out one day for three hours. Ugh. And then the next day I went for another hour and a half. And I remember like Derek, our singer Derek, he lives, he's lived in um, the U.S. for since like 2005 or something like that. He was in California and now he's in uh, Nevada. And uh, he, I was talking to him because he hasn't had to shovel snow either for, I guess, you know, over set, like 17 years now. But he grew up in Canada, so he knows what it's all about. And I was like, you know, telling him about, no shoveling, and he's like, oh, "I miss the snow. I miss the snow." I'm like, oh, "Fuck you! You don't miss this." <laughs> and, he, and he's like, "Well, for one, you could always hire someone to shovel." I was like, "Yeah, you're always the smart one." <laughs> Searching, but everything's booked now. Everyone's everyone's ahead of me, so I'm just I like the exercise anyway, kind of. Yeah, it's a good way to get some exercise in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Looking forward to you coming back just ripped as your next yeah. show. <laughs> well, all right. Everyone knows we have you here. Top five Sum 41 songs. Mike and I just went through our lists. It was nearly impossible with so many albums. Um, but everyone's very excited to hear your own top five. Five of your favorites. I guess we can just jump into it. Sure. I mean, yeah, it is, it is hard. I mean, because... You know, a lot of albums now and um, over 20 years of recording. But uh, I guess I've picked all fast songs, even though I love a lot of our slow songs, but I just want to keep it fast. But um, number five, I picked a song off of our newest album, Order and Decline. Um, the first song, Turning Away. Um, oh, nice. That one, that one I've, I loved. I, Derek sent me a demo of it early before we were recording order and decline and it was like uh you know he didn't have really words for it or anything and the the, the course was halftime and uh i i, I love the melody and i love the structure like the arrangement of it and everything mm -hmm. and, uh, then we went into pre-production and we changed a few minor things and we made the course uh you know full-time and uh and that kind of like i already love the song and that kind of just like sent it over the edge for me i was like okay this is now this is a song and i just kind of the song just kind of to me um is like it has everything we've ever done except you know maybe a little doesn't have hip-hop or anything because we've done hip-hop but it's got like riffs it's fast um and uh you know it's got a ripping solo and catchy chorus so it just kind of uh embodies everything we've kind of ever done all into one song dude i love it's such a good track definitely one of my favorites on order and decline um that was a really good way of putting it too it really does meld so many of the things that you guys are strong at and have been strong at over the years yeah yeah i mean uh yeah, it's just, and it was, it's a good, like, I, I like that it was the first track on that album. And um, yeah, and we, we, we play it live once in a while, but we don't play it a ton. Um, but, you know, maybe it's songs like that, because it wasn't a single, maybe songs like that will start to, uh, you know, it takes time for, for, you know, songs to become fan favorites. So I think that one's going to become a fan favorite over time. I love that. I definitely could see that happening. That's a great call. And for what it's worth, a very, very different song. But my number five was also on that same album. I went with Hedge Will Roll Acoustic for my oh, number. Oh, Acoustic. Yeah. Yeah, I love the acoustic version, man. It's it's fantastic. Cool. Not that the other one's not great, but yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that that's. I mean, the the real version of that one is is a different kind of song for us too. I mean, that one, yeah. um, it's it's kind of a little bit more. I don't even know what, how to explain it. I guess like garage rocky or something like that. Yeah, it's like kind of a strange song song for us. But yeah, I like that one too, though. Yeah, we are big. I mean, we're obviously big fans of all the albums, but love love Order and Decline. Yeah, cool, awesome. Glad to hear that. Um, that was the only one off Order and Decline I picked actually because I tried to spread it out, but. Um, my number four is another, uh, again, <laughs> actually I picked four non-singles and one single, but uh, number four, I have Scumfuck. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. Off Screaming Bloody Murder, right? Bloody Murder, yeah. And uh, that one we kind of made like a live video for, like a tour video. And um, that was one of the first things we kind of sent out before the album came out. It was like kind of that song came out, I think on a Warp Tour compilation. Um, and we were doing Warp Tour that summer, and I think it was 2011. And I don't know, that one, I just like the energy of that one. I like, I mean, the, I have, um, like, it's a bouncy bass line and stuff like that in the chorus, and I like that. It's fun to play for me, and mm-hmm. uh, I also like the, like, the long intro to it. Um, but the, the funny thing about that song is that after it came out, we started um, calling, like, our fan club Scumfucks. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I <that's-> noticed that. <laughs> Um, but it felt a little different, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, that song kind of came, took on a life of its own just because now we call like, you know, our fan and people call themselves scumfucks and stuff like that. So, but, but <laughs> two proud scumfucks here. That's yes, for sure. Very proud scumfucks here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, love that pick as well. I was honestly going back over the, like all the albums screaming bloody murder was like standing out to me as one that. I mean, I've listened to so many times, but for whatever reason, I hadn't listened to it in a while. And I was like, this is one of my favorite Sum 41 albums, like incredible. That one went under the radar a little bit. Um, that was kind of the last album. It was the last album that we did on a major label. Um, and then we parted ways after that. And it was kind of one of those albums that, you know, at the time, the label um, was doing a lot of hip hop, a lot of pop music. And then, and then we were there. <laughs> it was like, well, <laughs> and now at the time, it was like basically one of the heaviest albums that we'd ever done. So we were doing something completely opposite of what the label was doing with their other artists. And so I think that, you know, we just didn't really get a lot of attention, not a lot of love at, at the label at that time with this album. There was no real push. It was just kind of like, well, okay, we'll, we'll put it out. And then uh, see ya. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like one of those. And yep. We worked so hard on it, and we we all lived together in LA for a long time, and um, recorded it at the, we had this house um, with a recording studio in it. We all lived there. We all were just there a lot together, and we I, I thought at the time, and now looking back, I think we did. I think uh, we thought we thought we made a really really good album, and uh, but then we just it just didn't you know it, it just didn't get a lot of attention because there was no push and there was no anything behind it but no i think you're right like listening back to it now i i love that album yeah dude, so the, the album's great i mean and we you know we we gave ourselves a lengthy time to discuss honorable mentions for our lists but you know we <laughs> talked about reason to believe jessica kill uh-huh. blood in my eyes i mean and, and crash was on my official top five list as well i mean we're oh, wow. big fans yeah cool. yeah cr- crash is both probably both of our favorite song on the album but i love how the album ends too with back where i belong and then exit song But yeah, that's it's I love hearing. So was that the last album that you guys sort of did the or or maybe the only album where you guys did like rent a house, stay together, record? 
Yeah, yeah. We, um, I mean, in other albums, we, we, you know, we it does look infected. We did it in New York, but we all we didn't live together. We were all in the same hotel, mm-hmm. but we were in hotels. Um, and same as like Chuck, we were, you know, a lot of it was in LA. Of course, we, you know, we were living together, but um, we were always in the same hotel. But yeah, this one we actually like rented a house, like it was a, a three bedroom house. Um, and the studio was kind of in the, there was like a, you walk across the yard and there was a guest house and that was transformed into a studio already. So when, you know, we saw it, we're like, this is perfect. This is what we want. We just want to live at a house and walk across the lawn and record. And we, and the thing about was good about it was we, you could go record whenever you want, because if you had an idea at two o'clock in the morning, you could walk across the lawn and, and flick on the lights and throw something down. Um, so it was really cool like that. Like it didn't have to be didn't have to be any structured time like i mean we were heavily partying at the time so sometimes we wouldn't start till five <laughs> five, five in the afternoon or something you know and go till two in the morning whereas like now it's like you know a lot of albums we were structured like in by noon out by 10 you know stuff like that but this mm-hmm. one was like so sporadic and it was just like yeah we're gonna go out for the night and maybe come home and record after <laughs> you know stuff like that <laughs> we'd always have parties at the house it was it was a wild time really Dude, the infamous Sum 41 partying. What I would have given to be there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, that album, actually, there's a thing, there's a, a documentary did about it like that we edited called Don't Try This At Home. Um, should be up on YouTube, but it was all about recording that album. Oh, my God. Amazing. I actually haven't seen that, so I definitely want to check that out. The no, I honestly think history has been very even though, you know, the label fuck them, they didn't give it enough attention. I feel like whenever I talk to like fellow fans, that's an album that always immediately comes up, like definitely one of the fan favorites. Yeah, cool. I, that was an album that actually picked up picked, like in Europe. They 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 love that album right away. We spent a lot of time over there on that album. Um, it was a, definitely like if we play pretty much any song from that album over in Europe, they everyone knows it. Um, but he, you know, in the States, Canada, not so much, but you know, you guys do, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Europe, for whatever reason, they just get down with the, I feel like heavier music still. I don't know what it is, but they do. Yeah. Europe is a very loyal, uh, continent for rock music. Like there's bands over there. When we all go over there, there's bands over there that you probably haven't heard of in 15, 20 years in North America, but they're like headlining festivals. Um, it's really, it's cool because it's like, you know, that you don't always have to have a hit and, um, that's kind of comforting <laughs> to know that you just don't always have to have a massive big radio video hit to be able to go tour over in Europe. You just make good albums and go over there and tour and they, they love it. How it should be. I'm like, I need to move to Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get over here. If the UK still counts, get over yeah. here. <laughs> Pretty much same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my number three was the album after that. It was after we reformed, I guess you could say, after a long break. Um, it was actually this. This is actually a song that early on in the recording of Thirteen Voices, I thought this was going to be the first single, um, and it was "God Save Us All." Um, and it was. I remember like Derek and I working on it, and we were working on it in the studio. And I thought right away, like after I put bass on, I heard it back. I was like, "This has got to be the first single." And uh, this is before we didn't have the riff yet um, for, what was the first single off that album? <laughs> um, was it was it Fake My Own Death? Fake My Own Death, yes. Okay. Uh, so we, there was no riff for Fake My Own Death yet. So the Derek had the words and the melody, 
and uh, no screaming in the verse yet because we didn't have the riff. And uh, so I thought God Save Us All is definitely going to be the first single. And he was like, oh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And, <laughs> uh, and then we came up, you know, then we came up with the riff for Fake My Own Death and then it kind of changed. That was became the first single. But God Save Us All became like a, you know, a single along the way. Um, but it's always kind of my favorite song on that album still. Fake My Own Death is obviously great and whatever, but I always just have a soft spot for good God Save Us All just because that was my first favorite on that album. I love that pick. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that song as well. It's so very cool again to hear the story behind it. Um, yeah, I also love on that album, God Damn, I'm Dead Again. Just like the, the, the soloing in it is absurd. Yeah, Dave really went to town on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true, yeah. Yeah. He had been out of the band for like 10 years. And so when he came back on that album, like kind of, it was like, you know, Derek kind of gave him free reign on solos on that album. He's like, you know, do your thing. And then he, went, he really did it. He went crazy on it. Yeah. And he's an incredible, incredible guitar player. So, yeah, I know that everyone was excited when he came back to the band then. Yeah. And I mean, now you got like with Tom being an amazing guitar player too so you got you know and derek's great in his own way on guitar as well i mean he writes all the guitar parts pretty much anyway um so he uh you know he got three we're like iron maiden now (laughs) you really (laughs) yes and we love it we love the decision to have everyone in there still it's amazing yeah 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 i mean it it just works really good you know we're we're we were there's no way we're gonna let tom go just because dave was coming back i mean we love tom and he was we were actually fans of Tom's band before he was in our band, so um, Gob. So you know he's he's always we've known him since like '99 or '98 or something like that. So he's he's you know he's been a longtime friend. Wow, yeah. So literally since before Half Hour Power even came out. Oh yeah, yeah. We were opening for Gob in Toronto, um, and I think uh, it might have been like summer '99 or something. So yeah, wow. we didn't even have an album out, but we were his band. Gob is. He's, you know, quite big in Canada, and um, they went through a run in Canada, like in the mid two thousands, where they got pretty popular, and um, they were definitely around before us. <laughs> Are they? I I remember like, I don't remember how long ago, but I used to always obviously hear in certain interviews or just like when reading up about the band, you'd see obviously Gob get mentioned. Are they still doing stuff right now today? Yeah, like they'll do. Mostly Canada because they're you know Vancouver band. Um, they don't they don't really venture outside of Canada much anymore. But they used okay. to go to and they used to go to Europe and um, Australia, U.S. We took them across the U.S. in two thousand one um, when we had All Killer out. We took band on like us, Unwritten Law and Gob. Um, so yeah, they they still play, but it's not like they don't do lengthy tours anymore or anything like that. It's, you know, a couple weeks in Canada and that's about it. Nice. Yeah. No. Last time that I saw you guys uh, live, I w- it was on the 13 Voices tour, and just okay. having having everyone up there, honestly, thought you guys never sounded better. Oh, awesome! That's yeah, good. yeah. Well, we should start. we should keep getting better if we don't. <laughs> I don't want to be the band like, and I see them all the time. Like, you know, I don't want to be the band who's like, you go see them later and later on, like ten years later, you're like, yeah, they're not as good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah they're sort of going through the motions now yeah you keep getting better that's that's good to hear <laughs> yeah no you definitely have it's i mean we'll maybe we'll tell you at the end of your list but mike and i have quite a funny story about seeing you together about 12 or 13 years ago yeah 2009 uh, we saw them too 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, we'll oh. definitely bring that up. But cool. Number two. Number yeah, two. Let's do it. Number two, another non-single, but one of my all-time favorite Sum Forty One uh, songs. And this one's huge in Japan, but like not really massive anywhere else. I mean, people know it, and you know, because it's from a, it's from Chuck. Um, but no reason. And this was probably oh. one of my this is probably my number one Sum Forty One song that wasn't a single. Like I feel like this that song should have been a single. Some, I mean, I don't know. I guess we had three singles on Chuck. It could have been a fourth. Um, but yeah, I mean, people freak out over it. I think it was in some kind of movie in Japan or something. And uh, but yeah, no reason. I love no reason, and I uh, wish it was a single. Dude, I cannot. All of our like close friends that are big Sum Forty One fans as well. That's definitely right there. Like when I go, I'd say it's my favorite opener from you guys. Like you have so many great openers, but there's something about how hard that hits. And especially because on the on the Chuck album it has like the little intro leading into it, right? Yep. So, oh my God, there it, it is so good. I I love that pick. Yeah, it's it's. I remember we played that when it came out on like an award show, um, like a video game award show it was, and it was, but it was never a single. Like I think it was kind of like a soft single. Like they, uh, we didn't do a video for it. I don't think it got pushed the radio or anything. We just kind of like we played it on this video game award show as like you know. And I think it might have been on a couple compilations, uh, maybe a video game or two. Um, but it's it, it's one that you look back on, and I think it's become one of those like favorites by bands that was never a single, um, because it seems like most places we play, people do know it, um, and I, and you kind of wonder why, but <laughs> it's probably because it was the first song on Chuck, and people like Chuck. True. Also, it probably just stands. It's it goes to show that it's a damn good song. It's not even a single, and the majority of the people at the in the crowds know it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Oh my God. Yeah. Great choice. No reason. So number one, my number one, maybe an obvious one. Um, I've said it on other podcasts before, but uh, it's still waiting. Um, and I think still waiting for me is because I just, everything about that song for lyrically, um, the energy, the verse riff, the riff in the middle, um, the melody, how catchy it is. I just, I just love everything about that song. And I love the video um, I, I still, I, th- I think was still waiting is I could still listen to it now. And because that song was kind of written in the, um, the Bush era and it was about kind of, you know, that stuff like invading Iraq and all that stuff. Um, mm. I still listen to it now and it still feels relevant to me. Like I still feel like that song, it could have come out now and it, and it would be relevant to today. And, and that's kind of not a good thing, but it, but it's, uh, <laughs> Because, you know, you, you hope that things would have gotten better. But um, just for me, like being able to listen to that 20, you know, I don't know, 20 years later, yeah, it's 20 years later um, and still be relevant. That's that's a good song to me. And I, that's probably my favorite live song to play, too. Um, so that's it. Also, like possibly more rel- relevant today, even. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. You're probably right with that. And, and, and town, I mean, this was in your official top five list too, right? Yeah, this cone. So this was number three on my list. Um, always has been one of my absolute favorites. I, I said earlier on the pod that for me, it's like still waiting. It, it's hard. Like, honestly, that my top three 
were all somewhat interchangeable and in how much I love them. But with still waiting, I felt like obviously you guys are coming off just such massive success with all killer and that being the first like new song to hear. I'll never forget for the rest of my life hearing just the immediate. So am I still waiting? And then just dive right into the song. Everyone goes nuts. Like everything throughout the song is just, it's, it's a concisely perfect song to me. And also for me, does this look infected gun to my head? Probably my favorite Sum 41 album. So it's just this, that song has everything for me as well. So I'm very, very hyped that you have that as your number one. Yeah, nice. And still when it came out, it was, um, it, was a tr- it was a tricky one in a way because we had really just come off of In Too Deep. I mean, we had motivation after, but it didn't, motivation didn't, wasn't huge, right? You know, Fat Lip and then In Too Deep. And In Too Deep was probably one of the poppiest singles we've ever released in our career to this date, actually, mm-hmm. still. Um, so coming off of the height of In Too Deep and then you come out with something like Still Waiting, I remember touring across Canada and going to a Canadian radio station in the middle of Canada somewhere and uh, and hand-delivering, still waiting to the station. Like, this is our new single. This was 2002. And he, we popped it in. We were all in the station. And I remember the, the program director looked at us, and he, was, he kind of, after the song ended, he kind of put his eyes up. He said, this is your new single? In a way, <laughs> you guys just had In Too Deep. And now you're coming out. Now Derek's screaming in the verse kind of thing. And, and we were kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and... And then you kind of leave going, man, are we making a mistake here? But we knew deep down inside we loved the song, and we didn't really care. And um, Still Waiting didn't become a hit. If no one played it, I don't think that we were of the front. Uh, you know, I don't think that we really cared to the point where we were going to switch singles or, or we didn't love the song. We were just like, well, this is what this is who we are now. And you know, we were we made a heavier album, and this is our first single. Let's just go with it for for bad or worse. We're going with it, and you know, luckily. It did, you know, it became a big song for us, but um, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a guarantee because if you, like you got reactions like that guy um, saying like this, is your new single. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And, and you also, you also hit on the, the video, which I think is probably one of your most iconic with the whole skit in the beginning with the sums and uh, where he's like, Oh, what is your, what's your name? It's Sven now. You know, yeah. it's just so funny. Uh, was that, was that was just fun to film? I mean, yeah, that video came because, you know, in 2002, I guess you had all these, um, you know, these, uh, these other bands that were coming out that were kind of killing our um, genre in a way, you know, the Strokes and the Hives and the White Stripes, they kind of came and they just like tsunamied our, our the, the pop punk thing for a while. Um, and and we thought it was just funny to, to do a video like that. We're kind of making fun of ourselves and saying like, we're kind of dead now. The number of things over, the pop punk things done. And uh, so that's where the idea came from. And then we were like, well, let's take it further and make the video look like a Strokes video. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we did that and and we had this idea, but we were actually told like we were hanging out with the Strokes months before that. And we had the idea about the video. So we told Julian late at night, wasted with them. <laughs> and, we're, and we're like, you know, we weren't really asking them. We were kind of saying, this is what we're going to do. No, we're doing this. Hopefully you're not going to be pissed off. And he was like, no, fuck, man, I love it. And like, you guys have to do it. And um, so we did it. And, you know, and the outfits came because, you know, the hives kind of match. Yeah. Like, oh, match and no one, no one wore plaid. So let's, let's, we were almost going to call ourselves the plaids. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we just ended up being this song. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and then the Will Ferrell, uh, not Will Ferrell, Will Sasso thing in the, um, the intro. I mean, that from Matt, we're all big Matt TV fans and Sasso had some great, um, shows on Matt TV for so long. And so we got him and he's Canadian. He's from Vancouver. And, uh, you know, and then the thing is doing stuff with actors like that. Like we had never really been around professional actors. Right. And he, uh, he, a lot of stuff we don't realize is off the cuff. Like we kind of knew this kind of broad script of like, he's just going to tell us that we're done and we're over with. He's going to change your names. And, uh, but you know, he wasn't really reading much script. He was just kind of going with the flow. And that's, it took so long for us to film that intro scene because we kept laughing all the time. <laughs> 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 he was going to say, you know, he was just kind of doing, he was just, he was just, he was just going. And uh, man, that guy is so funny. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so, so funny. Just that little bit. So great. Would would you say that's probably your favorite music video? Yeah, I, I'd say that one is up there for sure. It, it, the thing is about it is as well as it's so simple. Like, you know, you got the intro, but then the video is just basically us playing. You know, that's true. Yeah. And, then, you know, we trash the set at the end, but that's it. Like, it's it's so good because it's so simple. Um, the, other, the other ones I probably would lean towards would be like the Hell Song or, or even In Too Deep because In Too Deep was kind of like a movie. Um, it felt like filming a movie. I feel like when most people that grew up in that era think of just music videos in general, they will think of the N2D music video. It's just like, it's yeah. it's so memorable. Was was that crazy to film that one? It was. Yeah. And I mean, even my, like my kids seven and three, they, they love that video. So it's like, you know, it's like people like older like it and people like that are three like it. So it's, it's one of those like videos that can cross all, cross all, um, you know, age groups which is hard to do uh but yeah i mean that was a two-day shoot but it was the biggest budget we've ever had as a band and probably will ever have as a band um and it was it was just like there's so many actors and there were so many people on set and then we had the fans up in the stands were just fans that were new fans because they we just had fat lips so it was like you know let's invite people because we have some people now we have people that like us so those mm -hmm. are all people that just kind of came um fans that's so cool and, and the pool was the actual, like we did the video after the movie Back to School, which was an 80s movie um, starring Rodney Dangerfield. And so it was based off of that movie. And like the triple indie at the end was Steve doing, hitting all the diving boards. That was the real dive that Rodney Dangerfield did in the movie. And no it was the same pool. Like we've, we've got to the pool and like the movie, the, the pool in the movie is the pool we filmed it at. And wow. uh, we actually asked Rodney Dangerfield to be in the video. And he declined. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh. I don't do videos. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> we actually asked, if we wanted to be our coach, we needed a diving coach. And, uh, you know, we're like, well, we're doing a video after your movie. We're going to be our coach. You know, he didn't decline. And then we asked Fat Mike from NoFX. And uh, he declined too. <laughs> How dare he? But, you know, so we had no coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think it worked out regardless. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, love hearing those stories. Yeah, Hell Song is also amazing. Definitely just makes us all think of making like videos on our camcorders when we were young, throwing around action figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, it was meant to just look like home recording. Um, it was that, again, it's like Intro Deep being, Intro Deep video being 
super expensive. This one was for at that time was really cheap um, because we just had we just had action figures really and and basically filmed it on camcorders. And uh, you know we had our director that was still directing all the videos, Mark Klossfeld, um, he who did Fat Lip and In Too Deep and still waiting. Um, so he was doing that one. And the biggest thing about that one was we had to clear all the action figures. Like we had to get permission from all those people to oh my God. because it was like their likeliness, I guess. And, uh, there was a couple, surprisingly enough, there was people that declined to be in the video. Like they didn't want their action figure in the video. Whoa. Yeah. It was crazy. I like, you know, I, I don't, for whatever reason, you know, free, you'd think free promo at the very least. Exactly. Yeah. This is so crazy to imagine that all these people de- declining to be in some of the greatest music videos ever. I mean, yes, this is just insane. Yes, but George Bush and Jesus said yes. You're not going to say yes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> all right. Will you quickly, for everyone listening, just give us a recap, five to one, of your top five? Yep. Uh, so number five was Turning Away from Order and Decline. Scumfuck was number four from Screaming Bloody Murder. Number three was God Save Us All from 13 Voices. No Reason was number two from Chuck. And number one, Still Waiting from Does Look Infected, which is also, I think, my favorite album we've ever done. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that was yours too, right, Tone? You picked Does Look Infected? Man, okay. Mike's, I know. Mike, I actually love Mike's pick. His favorite album... He said Underclass Hero, which I actually over the years have grown to love more and more wow. as as we both get older. Yeah, that Underclass Hero, funny. that So that that's another one that kind of like didn't really get much of a chance. Um, I mean, we had a proper single, Underclass Hero came out. And I think because it, it didn't really, you know, the thing with major labels a lot of times is like if it doesn't go right away, you're just kind of you're treading water trying to get them to do more stuff for you. So the fact that Underclass Hero, the single came out, didn't really do much. It just kind of, you know, kind of started going downhill from there. But, um, and Pop Punk, for some reason, you know, in the, the late, it came out in 2007, in the mid to late uh, 2000s, Pop Punk, or that kind of sound was kind of, uh, was, wasn't was big anymore. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can't remember what was big, but um, uh, Pop Punk took a, a dip there. And I remember, um, and we came out with a Pop Punk album. <laughs> it's funny because we did, does look effective. We did chuck which was heavy and then we went back to the kind of all killer sound again and uh i guess for timing wise i still think that album was a really good album but it just came out at the wrong time maybe if that album came out right now because pop punks has a has a comeback or whatever it's going on um probably pretty well yeah it's i know i'm like you should should you you should just pretend that it just came out now (laughs) (laughs) re-release yeah re-release (laughs) re-release Oh man, it's it's been so great having you on. Um, you know what? We have to quickly tell you this story of when we saw you guys back in I think two thousand nine. Yeah, cool. So we both lived in Boston at that time. You guys were playing. I don't know if if you know the venue off the top of your head, but the the Brighton Music Hall in Olson. Yeah. yeah, I know it. But at that time, it was Harper's Ferry, right? It might have just changed over, but okay. but either way, that's the venue. Um, Mike, me, our other friend, we're coming to the show. We had actually never seen you live at that point. There was, I literally had had like two Sum 41 shows earlier years that had been canceled. And I was like, so excited. And we're walking over, we're talking about what we, you know, what we hope to hear. And 
Mike, and if you get to know Mike, this is very on brand for him, Cone. He loves to just say things very random and like just that you would never think would happen. And so I'm like, what song do you want to hear? And like, instead of naming any of your guys' songs, which then he did a few minutes later, he's like, I want them to uh, cover Enter Sandman by Metallica. And we were just like all laughing. We're like, yeah, okay, that's not going to happen. And we get to the show. It's unbelievable. You guys fucking open the encore with Enter Sandman and we all lost our minds. <laughs> really? We did? Yeah, you did. did. I guess, I guess, I don't know. We were reading about this, Kevin. Maybe you can verify, but like, I guess you guys did like a, an MTV special from Metallica in like 2009 or 10 or something. Yeah. Fox, and the internet Fox. says you were covering a bunch of their songs on, on tours sort of during those times only. Yeah, we did. It was actually, it was early. It was early. It was like 2004. Oh, really? Like okay. Five or something. Yeah. Because um, Chuck was just coming out. Um, but yeah, so we did a medley. We opened that show. It was like the Metallica icon for MTV. They were getting the icon award. We opened the show with um, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Enter Sandman, A Master of Puppets. We did like a medley. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's strange that in 2009 we'd still be playing Enter Sandman. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, it's not weird because every once in a while we'll, we will throw in like a snip of a snippet of a, like a Metallica song. So I'm not I'm not actually shocked that we did that um, first song in the encore. Did we do the whole thing? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to remember. Mike, do you remember? No, I think we were like not exactly sober, but it was a, it was a great <laughs> night. Yeah. And, and it, it was, was uh, it was an amazing like triple OT playoff game. Not not that you could remember, but it was like you guys didn't come out until this playoff game was over. Celtics Bulls game six, uh-huh. and uh, it ended up going to triple overtime. And it was like everyone in the bar was also going crazy watching the game. It was just a fun night. It was a fun night. You guys seemed to be having a blast too. And like the, I remember, I don't remember if you played it fully. I know you opened the encore with whether it was just maybe the first little bit and then it was fat lip pain for pleasure to end it. But it was, I cannot tell you, we thought Mike was a wizard. We we're like, how the hell did you call that? <laughs> yeah, that's a random one to call. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, um, amazing shit, man. Yeah. It's been awesome having you on that. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, and I guess before we leave you, for anyone listening, you know, we've probably got a bunch of Sum 41 fans listening right now. What is on tap for you guys? Are you hopefully getting back out on tour this year? Yeah, we we basically have touring booked from end of March all the way to 2023, like into 2023. So it's it's a, it's some stuff that we're rescheduling from, you know, the past two years and some new stuff that we have. There's nothing that's announced. I like really can't say much about it right now. But yeah, like from we're supposed to be on the road from the end of March into 2023. And, you know, it's the same old, you know, same old touring that we've already done, like North America, Europe, UK, um, South America, Australia, Japan, you know, every, everywhere that we normally go is kind of on the, on the books for us to go on the, on the, on the iCal. On the iCal. And is there, I don't know if you can say, and if you can't, no problem. But is there any potential new music on the way in the next year or two? We're 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 slowly working on some stuff. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure when it's going to come out. It's just kind of over the last couple of years, just tinkering around with new stuff and 
demoing and chatting and trying to it's it's different because you got to do it all remote now um mm-hmm. and there is ways of doing it it's just you know it just takes a little bit longer and uh you have to find the right you know it's cool because you can there's like little there's apps and programs now you can do it remotely really well um it just it does it does take a little bit more time because you're not in the same room as someone so it's uh, bouncing ideas off of the person you know with each other and then going and doing it and then coming back it's 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 a little bit of a different situation but you know it's cool yeah so we're we're slowly working on stuff amazing amazing yeah exactly it's it's it gives you a little more time to perfect it in a sense yeah like there's no there's no deadline we haven't set a deadline for so we're not saying like we need an album out by july 1st it's yeah. just we're just kind of doing stuff and then when it when it's ready we'll put some stuff out fantastic well i know that mike and i are very excited to see you guys out on the road when that does happen and yeah, cool. and yeah thanks again so much and to everyone out there that's listening check out their tour dates on their website as things hopefully roll in over the next couple months. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Well, we're back. I mean, you know, we just want to say again, thanks again to Cone. That was awesome. I mean, there you have it. Cone's top five, some 41 songs. Gave us some other great tidbits in there as well. Um, That was super fun, wasn't it, Mike? That was great, man. And I, I love his list. And, and he had songs that somehow I felt like we talked about every Sum 41 song. And yet yeah. he brought up some some that we didn't. So that was fucking great. What a great episode. He could not be cooler. But yeah, so if you guys enjoyed this episode, you know, you're new to listening. We'd love for you to check out some of our other episodes. You can find us on social media, Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives on Twitter at top dives and if you liked the intro song that led you into the pod one of our best friends that does our intro his name zach wexelman in real life but he goes by the name real topeka people is the name of his project and i mean he's been killing it releasing just really great songs over the past year or two he just released his biggest song to date, it's called Insecurities, just came out a couple weeks ago. It's everywhere you listen to music. It's on Spotify. Um, it's his first release with Universal Music, so it's a pretty big deal for him. It's super catchy, like pop. Um, it's sort of like pop, alternative rock, and R&B mixed together, I guess is one way I would put it, with even like a little bit of a, like a disco flair to some of his songs. But this has got to be probably his best song yet. It's it's incredible. And if you have any interest, you should definitely check him out. Real Topeka People is his name. Uh, you can find him on Spotify, anywhere else. Yeah, all of his links in the show notes, uh, episode notes. But yeah, he's he's the best. We love you, Zach. And once again, thank you so much, Cone. That was awesome. We'll see you guys next week. We've got some more exciting episodes coming up. And uh, if you want to let us know your top five Sum 41 songs, drop them in our comments on Instagram or Twitter. All right. Peace out, guys. Top fives and deep dives with Tyler PTM. 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 Director would have to be Martin Scorsese.
Frontonius. Shall we go? I don't do videos.